This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One of the big questions is, what is money? For practical purposes, it exists in a series of uh, heterogeneous databases, very different databases. Do you believe in crypto? Digital currency may be an answer. But it is the highly speculative asset. I do own Bitcoin. There is no second best. Welcome to the Crypto Curious Podcast, designed to help you navigate the dynamic world of cryptocurrency. Hello, my name's Tracy, and I'm joined by my mates, Blake and Craig. Hey, guys. Hey, Tracy. How you doing? Hey, Trace. Great to be here. Episode five. Episode five. So let's get started. Now, we've taught you about Bitcoin and Ethereum and the other cryptocurrencies, and you're ready to add these to your investment portfolio. You're at the crypto station, ticket in hand, and this is the episode where we'll explain how to actually get on board the train. But before we get started, here's a reminder that you should never make an investment decision as a result of listening to a podcast like this, but rather undertake your own research and seek professional advice if necessary. Yeah, that's right, Trace. Um, As always, educate yourself. You know, I spent hundreds and even thousands of hours reading, listening to podcasts, watching YouTube to get my head around this space because it is so nuanced. Um, And everyone has their own, you know, varying opinions about what they think is going to do well. And just because of that fact, it's really important that you, you read and listen far and wide to be able to develop, you know, your own thesis on the sector. So in investing, it's important to think about risk tolerance, what you hope to get out of the investment. And crypto, as we all know, is very volatile. Like coins can drop 90% and then pump 100,000% in small timeframes. So this is just the world that we live in. And it's also important to consider your personal timeframe. So, you know, for me, I invest with a 10 to 20 year horizon, but also I, I use platforms where I'm just investing my pocket money to buy a lounge or a holiday. So, you know, all of these things are to be considered, I think, Trace. Yeah, that's right, Craig. Investing and trading in cryptocurrencies is different than investing into other assets like shares or stocks. Um, But there's also some similarities. Um, Here are some of the most important things that you're going to need to get started. Firstly, you're going to need somewhere to buy and sell your cryptocurrencies. And this is very different than how you would buy and sell stocks because when you buy and sell stocks you need to go through a broker and in the crypto space um, we use exchanges and and apps and we'll get into that there's also a lot of differences around the security Um, in cryptocurrency you need to store and manage your own crypto whereas other investments like um, stocks and equities um, you don't necessarily have to do that that's what your broker does on your behalf There's also um, a bit of a knowledge gap. Analyzing crypto is very different than analyzing companies. And uh, there's a lot to learn in that space. Um, And there's some some key differentiating things that we'll get into a bit later on. And as always, um, whenever you're investing, it's important to have a strategy or a plan that's tailored to your risk tolerance. 
and you know we don't just want to be investing you know off the basis of our emotions we want to have a plan and stick to that plan okay thanks Blake so we need to know where to get into the market we need to know about security we need to know some fundamentals and we need to have a strategy. So that being said, if someone has never purchased crypto before, let's look at all their different options. There are a few different categories or ways to buy or sell crypto. Can you take us through a few of those, Blake? Yeah, no problem. So the most popular way to buy and get exposure to cryptocurrency is via a cryptocurrency exchange. And there's many of these you know, here and abroad. There's also apps like savings apps and investment apps like the Bamboo app. You can buy your cryptocurrency in person. Um, You can also use an OTC desk or an over-the-counter desk if you're buying larger amounts. And of course, there is a fifth category that's not so popular, but you can buy cryptocurrency from cryptocurrency ATMs. Yeah, we all have our own experience with each of these methods. I personally use apps which are more focused on ease of use, not for trading, but more for saving. Similar to the micro-investing share apps like Spaceship or Raise. Yeah, these are great apps where I can set up my investment strategy for the long term where I joined once, I set my strategy, whether it's you know 10% of my paycheck and I dollar cost average into the market incrementally over time rather than dropping in a large sum. And this really helps people like me to sort of stay consistent. And it's almost like you forget about what you're actually investing and then you check it six months later and you have enough to buy a trip to Bali. So um, that's why I love using those apps because it's just so easy to use. And now we're allowed out of the country. Yeah. So that's really like your set and forget. Okay. So that's what an app is. So Blake, do you want to explain what an exchange is for us? Yeah. In its simplest form, an exchange is where people exchange cryptocurrencies for cash. And exchanges are really designed for people to trade. So when you sell, someone else is buying. And when someone else is buying, you know, you're selling. These platforms are built for traders. So people are interfacing with charts. You might have seen that on the news, these graphs that show the price movement. And people are also interfacing with something called an order book, where you put your order in, whether it's a buy order or a sell order. And it can be complicated. um, And there's many great exchanges out there to use. And particularly, there's there's some great ones here in Australia. So basically what we've got there is the stock market except for crypto. Yeah, that's right. Um, But in Australia, you know, we only have one major stock market, whereas with crypto, there's, you know, many different exchanges that you can use and every one of them is kind of like their own little ecosystem. And And each one of those ecosystems is offering the user a different experience in some way or another. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, there are other ways that you can buy as well, not just through apps and through exchanges. You can also buy crypto in person. And and this used to be a really popular way of buying cryptocurrency before exchanges were really good. They used to be uh, have a horrible user experience. So you would go onto a website called Local Bitcoins. You would meet up with somebody that, was, that people had ratings and star ratings. Random. And sometimes it was dodgy. <laughs> and uh, that was how people used to buy it. And that's how many people still buy Bitcoin and, and other cryptocurrencies. Do you want to explain a little bit further about um, OTC or over-the-counter, how that works? Yeah, that's probably um, another key way that people get into the market and one that's not really spoken about very much. And generally when people are buying you know, larger sums of crypto, think about $100,000 or more, then they don't necessarily want to be using apps or exchanges. They want a person to speak with, to talk them through the process, to make sure that they don't mess anything up with the security or the storage. So um, it is a big segment of the market, but but one that's you know not always spoken about. 
And something else that we didn't touch on there when you spoke about exchanges is these decentralised exchanges. Do you want to maybe talk about those ones a little bit further? Yeah, so there's a range of decentralised exchanges where all you need is an Ethereum wallet and some Ethereum to interact with. Um, these exchanges are you like your Uniswap, SushiSwap, and they're all similar to a normal exchange where they have their own user experience, they have their own capabilities, some of them have charts, order books. Um, and w- why these are really interesting is, you know, Uniswap is a decentralized exchange built on top of Ethereum. And, you know, they have 12 people working on their platform. And, you know, they overtook Coinbase, which is one of the biggest exchanges in the world, by market volume when Coinbase has about 500 employees. So I just think that sort of sums up the power of Ethereum and these decentralized exchanges, how they're just automating a lot of what a normal exchange can do. So just to, just to recap, Craig, a decentralized exchange is one that's not owned by any company or individual. Um, it's just a piece of code running on top of Ethereum where people can, can trade coins to one another. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. And like, instead of you know using your ID and verification on a normal exchange, all you need on a decentralized exchange is your Ethereum wallet. So, you know, the on-ramps are a lot quicker and easier than traditional. And the good thing about these decentralized exchanges is they tend to get these unusual coins well before other exchanges too. So you can find your your little gems on there also. Mm. Okay, so we've talked about all the different options there, but what we're going to do now is really drill down and have a look at exchanges and what you need to be aware of before you actually start your journey. So, Blake, do you want to take us through some points on what we need to look out for? Yeah, it really can be a bit of a minefield trying to figure out which exchange to use and you know the different attributes that they have, but I'll just run through a quick list of some of the differences that you're going to find when you know, you're on board with your first platform. So the first thing is that there's going to be a massive variation in the fees that you're going to pay. Some platforms charge 0.1% and other platforms charge up to 10%. So you definitely don't want to go to the wrong exchange because it can make a, a pretty big impact on your investment. Other platforms are very focused on ease of use for people like me and you, Tracy. And then other platforms are focused for traders, um, people who are professionals. So, you know, just the, when we're using a platform for the first time, we want to make sure that we're you know, interfacing with one that's you know really designed for us. The third thing is um, KYC, which stands for Know Your Customer. And kind of like a bank account, how you have to show your identification and your proof of address, you have to do this as well when you're signing up for an exchange. And it can take anywhere from an hour to three days. The function of this is you know, really to prevent money laundering um, so they can you know, track if anyone's um, doing anything a bit dodgy. And the fourth point is that, you know, different exchanges offer different tokens. Some exchanges only have two or three and other exchanges have thousands. So, you know, often people end up, you know, signing up to several exchanges so they could get access to their favorite coins um, depending on where they're trading. Yeah, that's right, Blake. And all those things should be considered when you are choosing an exchange. But also the exchange market is so competitive now that, you know, they're releasing new add-ons and new features to really differentiate themselves from each other. So an example could be, you know, Binance now have a payment card where you can 
trade and use your funds to pay for groceries like it's really cool without ever leaving your Binance account and you know there's some other exchanges that have NFT marketplaces on there now so it's really interesting to see how it's all evolving. Just means that there's a lot more to consider really and two um, great tried and tested Australian exchanges to consider are BTC markets and the independent reserve. So we've gone through what a number of exchanges are and apps and even, you know, in-person ways to buy crypto. And we've outlined the factors that we think are important. And there's a lot to choose from and everybody's got their preferences. So boys, what are your favorite exchanges or apps to use? Yeah, for me, I really prioritize ease of use and, you know, user interface. So I obviously use Bamboo as my savings app where I just set and forget, you know, go about my day and that just grows in the background. But I also use, I like to use Binance. Um, Binance tends to have a lot of coins that are supported um, and a lot of, you know, options where you can stake your tokens and they're, they're constantly innovating. So those are sort of the two that I use. Blake, how about you? Yeah, I primarily use FTX, um, which is more of a trading platform. It's actually a derivatives trading platform. And then for day-to-day use, I use the Bamboo app for my savings and rounding up my spare change. Yeah, and much like Blake, I use FTX for my exchange. I still use Binance, who I've had for a few years, to get my cash into the market. So that's just easier for me because it's it's simple and quick. And FTX don't actually offer that with Australian dollars. So Binance to get my money in quickly to FTX, which I trade with, and also out quickly. And then I use Qcoin, which is another exchange because I find lots of other little coins on there that that the others don't offer. And it's um they usually jump on there quickly before anyone else and then i use the bamboo app for my self-managed super fund which um which sits on there when we come back from the break we'll talk about storage and keeping your coins safe but first a word from our sponsors hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So that's what we use, and there's a lot of options out there. For the last four years, I've probably had anywhere between six and 20 different exchanges on my phone and on my PC, and I've slowly whittled them all down to just a couple. So be careful, have a look around, and take your time. Now that you've purchased some crypto, you want to make sure that you've done your best to keep it safe. Let's look at how to do this. Blake, do you want to give us the lowdown on what we need? So this is a bit of a tricky bit and took me a little while to get my head around it. When I first started, it's quite different to shares where, you know, you don't need to store them. 
crypto is kind of like cash, a digital cash. So you do need to hold it in a digital wallet in the same way that we would hold our, our physical cash. And there's all sorts of wallets to store your cryptocurrency on and they all have different qualities, kind of like the different qualities that exchanges have. And you can store your crypto on exchanges, but generally it's not advisable if it's a large sum. So you would want to manage your own wallet. And the first type and the safest type is called a hard wallet or a, or a cold storage wallet. And basically, it's like a USB stick that you could store your crypto on. And most people you know, that have longer term savings store their crypto on these hard wallets. And the two most famous brands are called Trezor and Ledger. And if you have the amount of crypto that would make a material difference to your life, then you know, it's advisable that you use one of these and the reason that they're so safe is that they're not connected to the internet once you take the usb stick out no one on the internet could hack or steal your bitcoins blake don't you think it's funny i remember when someone was telling me about this in the early days and actually gave me my trezor and explained this to me and said here you go you know when you get a large amount or when you you put your bitcoins or ethereum on here i said well how do i keep this safe what do i do with this now and they're like well if you really want to keep it safe you go put in a bank in a vault. And I was like, what? So we're trying to go away from banks. We're trying to, you know, go away from this system. And then the best place to put it is in a vault in a bank. That's certainly one place that you could put it in a bank. But, you know, another place that you could put it is in a safe at your house, a fireproof safe. The second most used wallet is a warm wallet. And it's kind of like your internet banking, where it's on the internet, you can manage your crypto very much like you would manage your, your day-to-day funds on your internet banking. There's a password and you know sometimes there's additional authentication measures, kind of like a two-factor authentication or via text message. And this is a very popular type and, and one of the most common warm wallets is uh, called Exodus. And it's really good for people that are getting started and that's the kind of intermediate security level. And then there's um, like a day-to-day wallet called a soft wallet or a hot wallet. And that's something that you can carry around on your phone. You wouldn't want to have, you know, more than a few hundred dollars in there, kind of like, you know, you wouldn't want to have more than a few hundred dollars in your wallet. And that's for paying for things and, you know, sending people some crypto. And um, it's really designed around ease of use, but the level of security is quite low. So um, it's generally recommended not to hold um, too much crypto in those in those soft wallets or those those hot wallets. Yeah, that's right, Blake. But, you know, these hard wallets don't come without their risks. You know, you are responsible. You are your own bank. And this comes with a large amount of risk. That we've, There's this guy in Germany, actually, and he, I don't know how, but he lost his Trezor, which had $220 million on it in the trash. And he said to the German government, you know, if you help me find it, I'll give you half. <laughs> and I don't think he ever found it. But this is really this is really an important point because even for me, starting off in crypto, I got the thing where I got a ledger, put my assets on there. And then I actually lost my ledger for a week. I hid it from myself. Um, I ended up finding it like with my shoes. But this does come with you know, a lot of responsibility. So, you know, the, all this, when you consider it, is research and backups um, is really important. Um, but also what you touched on there, Blake, is a, a hot wallet um, when you keep your wallet on exchanges. Now, this technology has gone leaps and bounds from when Bitcoin was $500. Um, now there's, you know, custody providers, w- which pretty much specialize in keeping exchange 
assets safe. Um, and, you know, so the most iconic exchange hack was a Japanese exchange called Mt. Gox, where I don't even want to know how many now, but it was about 850,000 Bitcoins were hacked from that exchange. It was trading at $500 at the time. So I think the most important thing is just diversifying where you store your assets. So there you have it. Easy to remember. You've got your cold, your warm, and your hot wallets. For those like myself, you'll be keeping small amounts of crypto on your select exchanges. So make sure to have your best password security set up on your PC and have everything covered with 2FA security. So 2FA means two-factor authentication. This is when you're required to receive a secondary piece of identifying information, usually to your mobile phone. So you've finally chosen your exchange and you've been brave enough to get some Ethereum. So how are you going to keep track of that portfolio? You can keep track of your portfolio. I use an app called FTX Blockfolio. Um, This is where after I make a trade, I import it onto that app and it sort of keeps track of my profit and loss. Um, This is a really easy app to use. So that's what I use to keep track. Trace, what are you to use? I actually had a couple of different ones and I changed depending what I'm looking at at the time. But at the moment, I'm using something called CoinStats, but I'm trying not to look at my coins as much at the moment, to be honest. Yeah, I can definitely understand that. I don't actually use anything, Trace. I used to use Blockfolio, similar to Craig, where I would be checking my portfolio every day and realize, you know, this probably wasn't the best thing for my mental health. And now, you know, I really don't have that many coins to keep track of. But what I do do is I do keep a spreadsheet of the trades that I make. So then at the end of the year, when it comes to tax time, I can you know figure out um, if I have any capital gains tax to pay. Okay. So now you're ready. You've got your exchange, your portfolio's ready, your security's up to scratch, and you're tracking your coins. You've got everything you need to get your foot in the door. But before you go, there's a few other jargon terms that we need to get your head around. These are really interesting and form a big part of this space. You may or may not have heard these terms before. It's staking and lending. Blake, do you want to give us a little rundown on these two? Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, the industry is evolving in a very interesting way. And in the same way that we, when you deposit your cash to the bank and generate a interest rate or a return on that, you can do the same thing on the crypto space and you can lend out your crypto through platforms in a very safe way and generate a return on it. And similarly, staking, which is like a decentralized version of, of this without you know, going through a company or a bank or an intermediary, you can just stake, you know, a coin and generate a return from it. Yeah, this has been a really popular industry that's come up over the last few years. And, you know, it's turning into a really good alternative way of saving. Now, there's centralized finance platforms like Celsius and BlockFi, where you can actually lend out your stable coins and get 8 to 10% back per annum. And as we know, my savings you know, with ING and the returns that I'm getting on my savings are like 1%. Now I'm looking at BlockFi Celsius, I can, you know, buy a stable coin. Some of them actually have Australian stable coins and earn between 8 and 10%. So it's a really interesting way where the future's going, where people are putting their savings. Hmm. And what we're going to find is that these companies like Celsius and like BlockFi are going to be the banks and the financial institutions of tomorrow. And they're really building the future 
of you know how we're going to manage our money you know for the decades to come and it's fascinating to watch how they innovate and how they differ from you know the current financial system and and how we currently interface with banks and I think this staking and lending side of things is why the traditional finance industry is kind of popping their head up and taking notice right now because I mean what can you get right now at the bank's you know, term deposit account, you're 1%. I mean, that's, you know, why would you bother? That's madness. But look, there's probably a bit more to unpack on this subject and we'll give it some more time definitely in a future podcast. So let's leave it there for today. We want to know what you want to know about crypto, specifically any questions from today's podcast. So send us an email at podcast at getbamboo.io or follow us on social media. All those details are in the show notes below. And don't forget to rate and review us in your podcast app. And that's it for this episode of Crypto Curious. So thanks for joining us today. I'm Tracy. I'm Blake. I'm Craig. See you later, everybody. Crypto Curious is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. Equity Mates gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by a range of financial service professionals. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Crypto Curious are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Equity Mates Media does not operate under an Australian financial services license and relies on the exemption available under the Corporations Act of 2001 in respect of any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find the ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Crypto Curious acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to the elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.